0: Today on the Rising Coaches Podcast.
1: Yeah, I got into the girls' side probably in 2013. My daughter was two years old, two and a half years old, and I wanted to bring her to the gym with me, and she said, well, I don't know if I want to go because girls don't really play basketball day." And I'm like, oh, man, I got to get into the girls' side so she can see what's going on. (laughs) So I can bring her in, and she kind of feels connected to it. So I've been 10 toes down with girls' basketball ever since, and I really enjoy it.
0: Thanks for listening to the Rising Coaches Podcast. This is Adam Gordon, and today's episode is a special edition of our Members Spotlight. Each week, we select four members to be spotlighted and get to know a little bit more about them. What makes them tick, how they got into the profession, and what their career aspirations are. As the saying goes, it's not about who you know in this profession. It's about who knows you. To be considered for our Member Spotlight, simply join Rising Coaches, Visit risingcoaches.com and sign up for a membership today. All of our members get an opportunity to participate on the member spotlight. So please consider signing up so that we can get a chance to get to know you a little bit better. We hope you enjoy today's episode. And please follow along with what we're doing on risingcoaches.com. Today's podcast is brought to you by the Rising Coaches Association, the biggest coaching tree in all of basketball. Sign up for the Rising Coaches Association now for just $120 a year and become part of our community, relationships, and development. We talk about it all the time. There's no straight lines in this profession. There's only ups and downs. You need a community that knows exactly what you're going through and has been there before to help lean on during the rough times of the industry. You need genuine relationships, not just exchanging numbers, not just meeting new people, Uh, at the final four in the off season. You should be doing it all year round and we provide tremendous opportunities to create those genuine relationships all through the year. And finally, development. We have so much content and so many resources so that you can work on your craft and become a better coach. Because we put such a premium and an emphasis on helping you establish new genuine relationships, it takes all of the political BS side of the business out of the equation for you. All of that gets removed off of your plate. You can just worry about being you, making new friends in the business, and working on your craft and becoming the best coach that you can be and impacting the people that you're around on a daily basis. For more information, visit risingcoaches.com membership on risingcoaches.com. All right, welcome back to another edition of the Rising Coaches Member Spotlight. Today, We're joined by Coach Dre Jefferson, coming to us live from Minnesota, where it's already snowing, huh? Yep. First snow
1: of the year so far.
0: I don't envy it. Uh, Dre, how are you today, man?
1: I'm doing well. Uh, You know, aside from the snow, I'm good.
0: (laughs) Good, good. Well, I appreciate you being on here and and looking forward to getting to know you a little bit better. Um, Maybe you can start off by telling us a little bit about your background where you grew up, how you got into basketball and eventually into coaching.
1: Yeah. So, uh, I grew up in Minneapolis. I've been here my whole life. Uh, grew up on the North side of the city. I went to Parks Center high school, played there throughout my high school career and then ended up playing in college. Uh, after a time in Juco, I went to UW Stout to play for my high school coach. Actually, he got a, a coaching job out there. So, um, I went to play out there in college. had a had a really good couple of years out there, and was you know really unsure what I wanted to do. Uh, after that, I knew I wanted to play, so trying to jump on a professional circuit, get overseas, uh, had some opportunities that you know playing overseas sounds a lot more glamorous than than it is a lot of times. You know, for for guys at my level, so uh, I had to make a decision, and a friend of mine asked me to get into training and you know I'm a preparation person so I really wanted to to study it and understand what it was before I got into it so I actually enjoyed it a lot you know when I started to research you know kind of the the tools and so a lot of the people who were into it at that time in 2010 and uh got into training kind of heavy and started training for you know, a couple of high school programs, boys, high school programs, and then became a, a JV coach and fell in love with coaching from then on out. Um, yeah. I got into the girl's side probably in 2013. My daughter was two years old, two and a half years old. And I wanted to bring her to the gym with me. And she said, well, I don't know if I want to go. Cause girls really don't really play basketball day. And I was like, Oh man, I got to get into the girl's side so she can see what's going on. <laughs> so I can bring her in and she kind of feels connected to it. So I've been 10 toes down with girls basketball ever since, and I really enjoy it. Yeah. That- yeah.
0: That, that, that uh, comment by your daughter, just, just flipped the switch for you, huh?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. No question with her, you know, she's always kind of taking interest in things that, that I've exposed her to. Um, but, you know, for her to, you know, being barely a, a toddler, you know, like not really seeing that. Cause you know, I, didn't really watch it at the time. I wasn't around it ever. So, you know, she didn't know. And it just, it blew me away. So I knew I had to do something different.
0: That's awesome. Um, Okay. Let's go back to your playing days. First of all, Minnesota, very underrated basketball city or Minneapolis, very underrated basketball city, right? Definitely. definitely. Yeah. Really good basketball. I feel like you have uh, great coaching. You got guys that know how to play. Plus they seem to be tough up there. Maybe it's the cold, maybe it's the cold winters. I don't know. Yeah.
1: I mean, you're in, you're in the gym all from September on, it's too cold to go outside. Like, you know, if you're not, if you're not a football person, you're in the gym. So, you know, from a young age, there was always a place to play, you know what I mean? Like schools, open gyms, community centers, and everybody from around Minneapolis, you kind of flock to the same open gyms, you know, you, you kind of be in the same places. So, you know, it's, it's super competitive because, being kind of a smaller area, like everybody's kind of concentra- concentrated within Minneapolis and Saint Paul, you're competing against the the top people all the time. It's not spread out, you know. A lot of states you have different regions where there's competitive players, and in, in Minnesota, it's really Minneapolis and Saint Paul and this you know kind of surrounded area. So everybody's in the same areas, competing all the time through fall league, high school, AAU, summer, just pick up going to different gyms. Like you're always around the same people, and it you know it's kind of the iron sharpen irons type of thing.
0: So what were you like as a player, Dre? Like you came into the open gyms or even in your college days, what was the scouting report on you?
1: Uh, I was going to (laughs) shoot. I was the person I was going to shoot first, ask questions last. Uh, It was, you know, probably seventh grade. I hit a growth spurt. I ended up being six, four, six, five, um, growing pretty quick. And, you know, like most tall kids, they stuck me in the post. Um, And that kind of helped me, obviously, you know, being one of the bigger kids at that age. But, you know, a lot of people thought coaches especially thought I was going to be six, eight, six, nine, you know, and and be a post player. So I didn't I'm still six, five today. So I didn't didn't hit another area of growth to be able to grow into a a big physical player. So I kind of realized in ninth grade, maybe 10th grade that I had to transition to being a guard if I wanted to play at the next level. So, you know, my high school coach, he told me, if you want to play, you're going to have to play in the post. And so I kind of took it on, uh, throughout high school. You know, I think the one thing that I loved about my playing experience is that I had coaches that were honest with me, you know, and they they were coaches that they didn't just look out for me, you know, on the basketball court, you know, like my coaches gave me a ride home. Like I went to school in the suburbs and lived in the city. So, you know, my head coach in high school, he lived down the street from me. So he would give me a ride home and pick me up for school in the mornings and you know, talk to me about life and just taking advantage of opportunities. And so he was like, Yeah, you know, I know what you want to do, but right now you're best suited to get on the court playing the post. So, you know, my senior year, we had a lot of talent. We were one of the top ten, top, top five teams in the state. Um, had several D one guys on our roster. So it was a battle for me to earn minutes to be in the rotation. And I had to fight for it, you know, and I thought I fight, I could fight for it by scoring. And that was, that was my thing. And, you know, I had one of our assistant coaches told me one day, coach Dixon, who, you know, I still got love for to this day. He told me if all we needed you to do was score, we wouldn't play you. We got enough people that could score. We need you to do the other things. And so I really had to, to focus on rebounding and playing defense and, you know, being more than just a shooter. Um, And that kind of stepped me up for college because I always wanted to score a bunch of points. Like a lot of kids, I wanted to be the person that scored 20 a game. When I got to college, I'm like, this is harder than I thought it was. Like scoring a lot of points isn't easy. Like you got to be focused on the other aspects of the game to make sure you're making an impact every night.
0: For sure. For sure. So you mentioned being a shooter, like, are you catching shoot guy from deep or are you shooting off the bounce? Something about um, me tells you, t- something, I don't know why, I'm just getting the feel that you're, like, you're shooting off the bounce. Yeah. You're one of those tough shot makers. I don't know why. You just get that vibe. That's true. Uh, <laughs> I take I take tough shots. I feel like
1: I can make tough shots, you know, even now playing in men's leagues with my friends or anything, like, you know, they'll they'll tell me for sure, like, you don't turn down shots. uh. Because I you know, I put in a lot of work. I was that dude who I was in the gym, especially when I got to college and I kind of learned how to work out and how to work on my game. I was on the doctor dish. I was on the gun two, three hours a day. I'm in the gym working on my handles. I put in the work so I felt like I've earned those shots <laughs> because I've grinded out to make myself a better player. Um, but I definitely wanted to be the go-to person so I couldn't just be a catch-and-shoot player. I wanted to be able to create shots, you know, for myself and and be the person that had the ball when the game was on the line. That was one of the things I always thought about.
0: So now on the other side of the bench where you're coaching, you know, like traditionally and as the game, like as analytics, you know, become more prevalent, you know, the mid-range pull-up is, is technically a bad shot and all that stuff. Yeah. How do you feel about your players, you know, shooting step-backs or shots off the bounce, creating their own? Are you are you are you yelling at him like like how would you have coached yourself would you've been like move the ball or would you have been like you know one of those coaches to say hey if you work on it go for it so I would
1: have hated to coach myself honestly uh I was a player that thought I was way better than I was at the time you know I thought I was going to the league you couldn't tell me I wasn't going to the league when I was 17 18 years old and that was probably the worst thing possible uh, but I think as I matured You know, I didn't do anything in a game that I hadn't worked on tirelessly. So I've always been that kind of coach where I want players to have freedom. I don't want them to be scared to make mistakes. And, you know, I kind of grew up in an environment where coaches supported me making those bad decisions and learning from them. And they wanted to be able to hold us accountable and hold me accountable for the choices we were making. So, all right, you go out there, you do something wrong. You're going to hear about it. You know, you're not going to avoid, you know, getting getting the earful. But at the same time, we want you to grow from it and learn from it. So next time you go out there, you don't do the same thing. So I've always been that person where I want players to have that certain level of freedom, you know, that allowed me to kind of grow my game. And I want to do it the right way where we're going to put in the work also outside of, you know, the game times. Like we're going to work harder than anybody else in the offseason. We're going to work harder than anybody else in the preseason because I want you to have that confidence in your game to know you put in the work. So go out there and do it.
0: Yeah. I love it. And now a quick break to talk about our partners at Dr. Dish as the off season approaches, it's the perfect time to upgrade your training equipment at rising coaches. We highly recommend you to check out our friends at Dr. Dish basketball. They are undoubtedly the best and most innovative training machines. Their newest model for schools. The Dr. Dish CT is a complete game changer it has a touch screen that plays training videos, tracks stats by location, and incorporates on-demand workouts and drills from the top programs and trainers in the world. Check them out at drdishbasketball.com or on social media at drdishbball. Mention Rising Coaches before you purchase and receive an additional $300 off your next order. Another thing you touched on earlier that I wanted to get back to was, you know, and you hear this all the time, like you were, you were tall growing up, yeah. So they, they put you in the post, and then you know, it, I don't know if it puts you behind, but uh, you had to transition to the guard spot later in life, yeah. Uh, how do you approach that with your girls now? Like, uh, because there are some you know, sometimes you get a talented kid that, that happens to be tall, right? And you know, they have more of a skill set than just being back to the basket, uh, but you need their height down low, you need them to rebound. You know, it's like a balance, right, between what your team needs and what the athlete needs. So, how do you kind of handle that with your athletes?
1: You know, I've always tried to use players as complete players and try to develop them. You know, when you have kids that are 13 to 17, they're, you know, a work in progress all the time. So, you want to give them every opportunity to grow their skill set on the perimeter. But also in the post, being in the post helped me. You know, I think when I got in certain situations where I had a smaller defender guard in me or I had, you know, an advantage around the basket, I was going to take advantage of that because I had the skill set. I developed that at a young age to be able to go inside and make the game easy for myself. So I tell kids that all the time. I mean, you want to be versatile. And, you know, for me, it was kind of forced versatility uh, because of the situation I was in when I was younger. So I try to share that life lesson with the kids. Like, yeah, you may be tall now, but you may not grow anymore. So you got to expand your game to the perimeter. Or, you know, make the game easy. If you got somebody, if you're 6'1", and you got the, you know, the five nine guard on you, go inside. And we got to work on that footwork so you can take advantage of any situation. I want them to be able to go into any situation and be an asset. However a coach wants to use you, have those skills. So we work, we work on everything, top to bottom.
0: Yeah, I love it. Um, and then, so after your daughter makes that comment about not knowing basketball was for girls, yeah, and you you kind of dive into the girls' side, uh, did you start your own, you started your own program, right? Is that kind of how you went down that path?
1: Yeah, so I started, so Twin Cities Elite was something I started, you know, me and one of my college teammates. We were working and, and training and trying to put together teams and everything. And so the Minnesota Suns was an AAU program that, was kind of up and coming. I didn't know anything about girls basketball at the time. So I started reaching out, you know, I, you know, I think I'm 25, 26 years old and don't know anything about AAU on the girls side. All I knew is what I played. So I started sending emails out, <clears throat> excuse me, sending emails out to different organizations. Like, Hey, I'm interested in coaching. And the only one that responded was the Minnesota Suns. And so uh, I ended up going to a workout and, and, uh, the director who was Peter at the time, Peter Long, he he kind of had seen my training stuff and kind of knew that about me. Um, and was like, hey, why don't you come in and do some training for us so we can see how you are with the girls or whatever. And I was like, cool. And he didn't have any girls teams available for me to coach, so he offered me a sixth grade boys team. So he was like, you can do sixth grade boys or you can just do you know training for the girls. And I was like, all right, well, you know, I I don't really want to coach sixth grade kids at that time. I've been coaching high school. I wasn't prepared to coach young kids. So I was like, I'll just train. And then later on, you know, it came up again. He's like, well, we got the same sixth grade boys team where we got high school girls. And I'm like, I'll take the girls, you know, and jump in with that, you know, basically for my daughter. And I wanted to be a part of that world. So she was exposed to it. And a lot of things that I do, I jump into a head first and, and just go hard. So um, Peter ended up really enjoying the things that I was doing and asked me to be full time kind of training all the kids in the organization. So that's kind of how I started. And then I just year by year started to grow more in the program. And I want to understand everything top to bottom. That's just how I am. And that transitioned into him saying he wanted me to take over the organization. And, you know, this year would be my first year as running the entire program. So I basically went from a, a random dude who sent the email in <laughs> to now being able to take over the club and, and, and shape it and mold it going forward. That's,
0: That's awesome. awesome. And uh, for those that don't know, because I don't know much about girls AAU basketball, but our director of operations, Aaron Sinnott, uh was a good player in Illinois, played for Chicago Hoops Express and uh Said that your teams were always really, really tough. Said you guys had some epic battles back in the day.
1: Yeah. Uh, they, Gerald Davis from Chicago Hoops Express, he has a great program down there. Uh, shoot, right now he has one of the top 25 or 30, 2022 20, players in the country. He's got highly rated players. He had Angela Dugalic, who's at uh, Oregon right now, who was a top 15 player in the country. So they always got talent. And, you know, our goal. Is to compete with the best in the country. You know, that's what we tell our kids. Like we want you to be able to compete with the best. So, and Minnesota kids are tough. I tell everybody, Minnesota is an underrated basketball state. So if you if you go head to head with some Minnesota kids, you're going you're going to leave with some bumps and bruises because they play tough. We're physical up here. We teach, you know, not only fundamental basketball to be able to pass and cut and create space for yourself and your teammates, but also you got to do the little things. You got to do the dirty work. You know, you got to box we got a lot of five nine, five ten posts in Minnesota. So <laughs> you got some, you got some tough, tough kids that want to fight for it.
0: Yeah. Aaron's comment was Minnesota girls are made different. Yeah. So, yeah. That probably get, brings a smile to your face because absolutely That's that toughness to comes to life for sure. Um, yeah. so now that you're taking over the program, Dre, and like, it's truly yours, um, you know, how is that going to change things for you or, or, you know, uh, what different things are you kind of uh, thinking about heading into, you know, the season or or whatever, just heading into training, training your athletes?
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, I've always been, you know, very hands-on with the development of my teams, you know, like in Minnesota, we, we have tryouts for AAU for spring ball. We do it in September. You know, I think it's just kind of a trend uh, and a pattern that everybody follows. So, You have all these kids that try out for your team in September and then they go into their fall season and their winter season. And a lot of people don't touch them or see them until you get to the spring. You know, we're we're completely different. You know, we are all year round and I've always done that with my teams where we're in the gym constantly. And I think branching that out to the entire organization is extremely important to me and also getting the coaches involved that want to be those people. And, and want to be invested in the game completely you know I think being a kid who kind of could have took the wrong path and had coaches like I said who would come pick me up for school to make sure I went to school and take me home to make sure I didn't get on the bus and cause, cause trouble you know taking the bus to the city they wanted to you know look out for me and you know I think following that same path of It's never just going to be about basketball. It's going to be about the investment that you make into the kids into the game. You know, I really expect that, honestly, from from coaches that join the organization now. So holding them accountable to that so then you can keep the kids engaged and involved. Because kids want to be in the gym. They want to play. And if you give them the opportunity, they'll show up. So, you know, we're we're also trying to invest in the girls' game the same way people invest in boys. So it's like we're doing pickup basketball, open gym, you know, every Saturday morning where girls – typically don't play a lot of pickup at least here Um, so that's something we want to get girls exposure to you come in you play twos and threes to 21 or ones and twos to 11 and losers off winners stay you know like get that competitive edge if I want to be on the court I want to be on the winner's court that type of thing we just want to build them you know the right
0: way I love it is your daughter still playing
1: yes my daughter is she's pretty good. She's good. I don't like to tell her how good she is most of the time because I need her to keep working hard. But, um, you know, she's been coming to practice. And, you know, I, last five years I've been coaching at Hopkins High School here, and we've had some of the best players and the best player in the country. And so she comes to practice every day and watches these kids work and wants to do what they do. So it's kind of rubbed off on her. So she she knows she's good, so i got to calm her down a little bit and pull her back so she makes sure that she puts the, the work in to get the details right.
0: Trey, give us some advice on like coaching your kid. That's a whole different dynamic, right? Oh my
1: goodness. (laughs) Uh, I would say what I try to focus on with my daughter is just effort. You know, she's going to work hard. You know, when we go to the gym and she comes to the gym with me, she's staying there for two hours and you're not going to sit down and watch the iPad and be on the phone, you know, until you put in enough work to earn that. So that's what it's always going to be about. I don't ever want her to feel like she's going to get opportunities because she's my kid. Um, Nothing's going to be handed to you ever in life. So you're going to work for everything. You know, she's going to work hard. She's going to be in the driveway, working on her ball handling. She's going to be in the backyard. We got to, you know, she's got the hoop in the backyard. You're going to go out there and shoot. And then we're going to go to the gym and you're going to do it all over again. And you better get your homework done. You better, you know, read your, you know, do your 30 minutes of reading and everything because there's no compromises. So, she got to clean up after the dog, the dog and all that responsibility, because it all sets you up for life. And so that's what I focus on with her is all the details. You know, like are you keeping your head up when you're dribbling? Are you, you know, making sure that your elbows in line and your follow through? You're holding your follow through. Your guide hand is straight. I don't really care about you know the fancy stuff. Like when she when she plays, you know, fourth grade traveling basketball. Like I want you to play some defense. You know, I I know you can score. Are you going to rebound? Are you going to be the best defensive player on the floor? Are you going to work the hardest? That's what I care about.
0: I love it. Dre, well, I appreciate you being on here today, man. It's it good getting to hear a little bit about your background and uh, wish you the best of luck, man, as you take over the Minnesota Suns. That's exciting. Congrats.
1: I it, man. Thanks for having right.
0: me. Thank you. What's up, podcast fans? I want to share some information about one of our partners, Lucio Sports. The team at Lucio has built an integrated platform of coaching productivity and player development apps that are being used by some of the best basketball programs around the globe, helping everyone from NBA champions to youth development academies. Their innovative and competitive memorization games make it so much easier for new players and staff members to remotely get caught up to speed. With animated playbooks, drill libraries, player development planning, and monitoring – engaging game plans and scouting reports, predictive play drawing, their content services team, and more, Lucio Sports has got you covered. From players to coaches to support staff and executives, use Lucio Sports to securely keep everyone in your organization on the same page with simple on-demand access to your team's entire knowledge base. For more information, check out luciosports.com. That's L-U-C-E-O sports.com.